Hello and welcome to Crumbs, a podcast. For Crumb, by Crumb, in Crumb, Crumbs. Today on The Beanbags, we're blessed with Matt Kinneen of Flight Coffee. We talk all things leadership, mental health, and of course, a bit of coffee chat. Enjoy. I kind of look at a lot of things in my life as a currency, because I don't, I have a different relationship with money as well. I think then so. Well, first of all, everything is a currency of sorts. Like time is the biggest currency we actually all own, but yeah. we don't think about it that way. But yeah. what I was also thinking was, yeah, if you don't, oh, I can't, yeah, like if you're never wanting to make the mistakes, then you're just going to live a very strange kind of life. You know, that's like that idea of like a pre, not, maybe pre resemblance, not the term, but like mm. a, that. Mm. I don't want to have an uncomfortable anything ever. So I'm going to try and just always toe the line of, yeah. I'm never going to have to try something new or mm. be confronted with something. Mm. I felt there's a bit of a culture around that as well, that that's almost encouraged in a weird way. To be yeah, like, what, be. Are, what are you like and not like? And if you don't want that thing to ever happen or be brought up around you, you can kind of have that happen now. Absolutely. I mean, I, you see, helpful, I, think. I, I see more, I, I think either I'm more, um, able to distinguish it or it is more prevalent or both um but a lot of avoidance behavior Mm. you know i see it all the time you know just people avoiding certain situations circumstances conversations and you know like even just when you think about avoiding a conversation i think we're always better for a conversation like this this is great you know like having a yarn with you guys listening to the yarns that you're having with others um, to say things out loud is really important, regardless of whether you're yeah. afraid of saying what you're about to say. You're going to, in the end. There's always closure in an argument. Whether you end up with a disagreement might be what you need. Mm. You might have needed to have that disagreement in order to take a learning or an adjustment with you in the way that you might see something mm. or validate what you already believe. You know. So if you're kind of avoiding having that conversation. And avoiding making a mistake in that conversation or a perceived mistake. Mm. Yeah, I'd, if, if you feel that way, I would always encourage you to try and overcome that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's funny, even my, how much does everyone now, you, your phone rings, you're like, I don't want to answer the call. Oh, man. Like, having a phone call is such a thing, right? Yeah. Just I get about, so like, many unknown numbers and shit, though, eh? Like, unknown. I hate it, man. Like, I'm like, no, no, like show yourself, hey? Like, but it's almost touching on that avoidance thing. We yeah. all do it in a very removed sense of that, of like, oh, I don't want to, oh, fuck. Or like, even anything, oh, I could call you guys more than I do, the flight team, to ask something, but I just text you instead. Sure. It's really dumb. And it's like, the, the more you just text everyone, then you don't talk to them on, on a phone call anymore. Mm. Then it becomes like, oh, that's the new norm, and then it gets further and further removed from that. Yeah. It kind of like... And then you can go to somewhere like Japan and you can order a whole meal through like a vending machine and then they just bring it out and you don't have to have human contact if you don't want. Yeah. Which some people love. And I think that's kind of a cool side to it as well. But I think you need both. We have completely different cultures where it's all about we have to talk to you and we're going to make you kind of feel a bit uncomfortable or whatever. Yeah. That's just etiquette. You know, like what, what is the etiquette or what are the kind of founding principles of something? Like the whole text thing is like, I won't call because I'm doing them a favor by not interrupting. I'll send a pigeon 
and they'll respond in time. So I think you've got to like classify what it is you're trying to achieve. <coughs> you know, as a surgeon, yes, then don't send a text message because yeah, clearly sure. that principle's flawed. Like, I, I there's no guarantee that this person will respond. Mm. Yeah, pick up the blower. You know, like have a yarn. Yeah. You know, get on the horn with somebody and throw it around, and you, you put, it's way more effective. Yeah, like, I mean Nick says it all the time. You know, the, Nick at work, obviously, he's yeah. he's always on his phone. He's ringing everybody all day. He just because he's always better for the chat. You know, it's easier just to like form an idea of what you guys are trying to achieve. Yeah. With anything, it's like emails are just the worst. Yeah. Like this weird structure where you're just like, hi there, or hi Matt, blah blah blah. Here's all the stuff I want to say. Thanks, Miles. And then it's like if you're doing that weird quick email thing. Yeah. After like the second one, I will always just go mad unprofessional. I'll just be like, yeah, cool. None of the high something again. Yeah. I want to say, come on, man. Why yeah. are we doing this weird formality thing anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I think people have kind of misunderstood what the emails are for. You know, that format. Mm. I think it's to intentionally create a thread with context and substance. Like people go, you know, I, I hear people say, I'm going to like spend two hours curating my email. I need it to be perfect with like a thousand attachments because I want to like make you know, I want to make the most of this and I need everything in there all at once. I like, I think it's like, for me, the email is to, it should be, there should be milestones for the thread. You've already kind of like mapped out how this conversation is going to go. So it's not like, you know, maybe the attachment, uh, the 10th attachment, you know, is, is needed, but it's only going to convolute the situation now. It's going to overwhelm that person. So I know it's coming, but probably not until about like the fourth or fifth email. And it's that thread and you manage it. It could be an email thread that you have kind of active for a week or two weeks or three weeks. And I think people kind of get a little bit overwhelmed by this idea that an email's coming and I've got to respond. You know, you've got to jump on it like, oh, this person really wants to contact me. Nah, because if they did, I think they'd probably pick up the phone and ring you. That's the most immediate, like if yeah. you really want a response. Like, so we've got to manage our time better, you know. Mm. Um, and I think then you get more quality too. You just kind of... Yeah, there's so much lost in translation. Yeah, you know, all the time, all the time. Yeah, is that is that something that you um, work on or think about a lot? The whole idea of like time is like a precious thing. Like saying back to what you said about currencies, Mm. and that's how you think about most things in your life. Time's an interesting one because it's kind of like fixed. Because that sounds like it's what I, fixed, you're eh? saying about you learning know? behavior, but that sounds like a thing you have figured out that it's like, hey, I'm going to just plan out this email to go over five emails and I know the thing. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'm just like, let's just fucking do the thing and then whatever way it yeah. plays out, it is. Yeah. I think it, yeah. And then I'm like, fuck, why am I tired all the time? I don't have good time management. Well, <laughs> yeah. good time management are you, mate? That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I probably don't think about it much. I just kind of do, but yeah, I mean, time's fixed. I guess like when I think about like, just going back to like the currencies kind of idea philosophy in my mind, it's, I even kind of use like withdrawals and deposits, you know, like in friendships and things like, do I withdraw or do I deposit, you know, like, am I taking or am I giving? And so I kind of like look at what those currencies are that are important to me. And I kind of live my life a little bit like that. Um, Money's not one of those things, you know, like I kind of need what I need and I, I'm, I determine what I need and my friends, I guess, indirectly kind of almost determine what I need to, to kind of like live out, you know, fruitful and rich, enriched lives with my friends and family. 
Um, but I have a different relationship with, with money as I would for like, as kind of the more intangible stuff like friendships um, are more important to me. Mm. Um, but time and how that kind of works, uh, yeah, don't know. It's, I, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see that as a currency so much in the same way that I see some other things in life. Mm. Mm. Did you not think that, well, I guess so. You're kind of saying money doesn't matter if it's like I'm doing something with a friend, like a friendship is more important than any price you could put on it, right? Yeah. So I guess you're saying that would be your opinion with the time currency debacle. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, even if I think of time in a currency sense, it doesn't matter because you're like, I would give all my time to this mate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you could. You could like deposit and withdraw in the same way by taking time from somebody. By sending them a, like a, a that, little, that was Sam. Oh, was it? Sorry. Good Sam. On a scooter. Past. Yeah, scooter so Sam. Shout Sam. out Sam. He worked today. He did. Had a cheeky look in while he biked past. Those sick free overalls. Fuck. Sam worked today, here. Right. Have I ever met Sam? He won the uh, Christchurch Aeropress Champs the first year he entered. Sir. Using a hand grinder that was broken. Awesome. Hopefully that doesn't taint the uh, the level of coffee that's being drunk at the Arab Press Champs. That just shows <laughs> a one in a million shot. Yeah, yeah, maybe circa like twenty seventeen. Yeah, sounds cool, cool dude. Cool. Yeah, cool. you got me these cords from Wellington. Nice. Shout out Sam. If you're ever in need of some cords, and Sam's in Wellington, hit him up. Yeah. He knows the spots. I do like a bit of corduroy. It's a good one. Your hey. jacket's cord, eh? Yeah, the jacket's a cord jacket. I live in this thing, eh? It's so comfy. Yeah. I've seen you that a few Shout times out to recently. Stussy. Stussy. Good old, good old school, urban street brand. They were kind of a big surf brand for a while too. I think they were doing a what lot of they? surf brand. Like back when the like old school brands like Hot Buttered and that were still around. I don't know if you remember any of those brands. Hot, Hot Buttered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. O'Neill. There I mean, there's still a lot of those oh, ones O'Neil, around, like but Ripco, I don't see Hot Buttered anymore. Billabong. Yeah. Do you know Billabong owns like so many brands? Really. Billabong owns like uh, it's Billabong and then who's the other one? Maybe it is Quicksilver. But they both actually pretty much own about fifty percent of all the skate surf brands. I didn't know that. No, a lot. I can't remember the ones, unfortunately. They've been around a long time. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. It's like how it's just like Pepsi and then Cola is actually Sprite, Fanta, fucking is Dr Pepper under the Cola brand? I think it actually is. I remember being a kid and you'd be like, I'm going to have Sprite or Cola. (laughs) Fuck the system. (laughs) And then you get a bit older and you realise, well, I was actually just giving the same people money. So it doesn't really matter, does it? Right. Yeah. Same with Fonterra, I guess, right? Well, they own a lot of the stuff. All the milk. Own all the milk. They have all of the milk, man. It's Fonterra's. Yeah, so all the different brands are just all Fonterra. That's my understanding. Yeah, so like, you know, even the Dairydale and everything that you see on the shelf, it's just, it's all, even you've got to trade and and buy through Fonterra systems. Yeah. And that's, that there was kind of like a, I don't know if it's a misnomer or not, but a sort of an an industry understanding that the, the anchor brand is kind of like obviously the premium Fonterra brand. It's their own brand in a lot of ways. Um, and they would always have first dibs on the best batches and, and typically why their product was more consistent. You know? Oh, true. Because it was one of the funny things that I, I first um, encountered when I got into coffee. 
was um, just out of the blue, um, we had a, a number of customers calling, you know, like with all of these steam wand problems. And I'm like, hold on, what's going on here? This is just, this is a, too much of a coincidence that there's like nine yeah. cafes with, with steaming issues. Long story short, it wasn't the wand or anything mechanical, um, but there was, they were just not able to kind of like texturize the milk and combine the milk in, 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 yeah. in a tr- normal way. And it was a, so typically at this period of time in New Zealand when you're in the middle of summer, everything's gone brown. There's no green grass. Oh, true. And the, the cows don't have anything of any quality to feed on. So yeah. they're always battling to generate high volumes of yeah. good quality milk during that year. And so that, and it was pinpointed. So I had some good solid conversations. This is like years and years and years ago yeah. with someone in the industry. And they said, that's it. That's what it was. It was just some bad batches of milk that was just like, didn't have the solids that could form that, you know, beautiful, that yeah. beautiful milk. Yeah. But obviously during that time, it was sort of more the subsidiary brands and some of the ones a little bit down the food chain that were experiencing a larger problem as yeah. opposed to Anchor, you know. Anchor would have one in a hundred, they were like one in five milks yeah. were bad. Yeah, yeah. So they control the milk, man. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the New Zealand conspiracy. Yeah, they're the regulators. Fonterra. Yeah. They're part of the Illuminati. Yeah, there. they are. They are. I don't have really anything kind of like bad to say about Fonterra. I mean, it's a I mean, pretty mad big industry for New Zealand. It has been for a long time. True. I guess it's a bigger conversation in a country like New Zealand to it can't just be as simple as like dairy's bad or you know whatever like mm. that kind of thing dairy's industry's fucked like yeah but props up a lot of the country right yeah you Which just isn't a get out of jail free card that that's fine yeah some things that's that are, that are done just can't be just undone yeah with a, with, a, with, a, with a sweeping statement to say no um we have to be a little bit more considered, but yeah. I mean, obviously there are, we're, it's ever changing. We need to make some changes, you know? Um, we the I think, coffee industry or we the people? Just we the people, I think, you know? I mean, I could, yeah. you guys are a really good um, platform, like these podcasts with all these really interesting people, which I've enjoyed, you know? Um, again, better for the conversation. Um, and you guys have a pretty diverse um, reach, you know, kind of like chatting with, people from all different backgrounds and all at different stages and phases in their lives and they all offer great insight and points of view. Um, and we've got our elections coming up, obviously, so everything's pretty political. Everyone's got that lens firmly over one eye. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's tough. It's because it's hard, that the hard conversations to have. And I think, we're just, again, going back to something um, Isaac and I were just talking about off the record is just just the general concept of balance, you know, just mm. and how important that is. And I think if you're like spending your whole week having political conversations with friends, I would argue that that's not healthy. <laughs> Less beneficial than it is anything else. Yeah, yeah. It never doesn't come down to a health thing, although that probably is a secondary effect. Yeah, it's yeah. important, but you've got to do it in a focused way. You know, like you've got to know what you're getting yourself in for and what you intend to take away. It's kind of like Isaac talking about the, again the um, you know the fact I guess he's kind of lost the romance or the love or the passion to be and put into a box that is considered the gig in New Zealand. You know, like you've got to be in this bar yeah. with these people. They're all going to be off their face. They may or may not listen to your music, um, and it's you're performing at one o'clock in the morning. 
you know like there's that's not right you know like and that's past productive o'clock he doesn't you know like you're not going to be creative in those moments you know yeah, it's you, just pointless yeah you can't be the best that you can be you know and so like if you're offering yourself to a, gr- a group of friends and you're having political debate make sure that it is debate and that it's healthy and that people are presenting you know um their argument and their point of view and, and prepared to walk away with something whether it's like we talked about before validation or a twist and a, a, an adaptation of yeah. your point of view because your friends have been helpful but I, I mean that's my worry as I see a lot of fire and a lot of it's all it's like it's, it's an extreme it's like well the elections are on and this is consuming my life you know I think we've got to be a little bit more considered about how we address those things yeah mm. yeah but definitely like we need to make some changes there's no doubt about that we will always need to make changes but it's an ever-evolving yeah. life and society for sure and, shit, and it should be right yeah, for sure. You're never going to have all the answers. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have to be like, burn it down. Like, pull it, like house of cards. <laughs> like, this is fucked. Turn it off. Okay, but what, what do we do next? Well, we haven't figured that out yet, but this doesn't work. You know, it's, it, that's like, to use like a technology sort of term, I guess, it's an iteration. You know, like, you're always iterating, mm. you know. And you sh- should never throw everything away because there's, there's value in what has been done. And I, that's, I guess, the generational argument is we, we, the young people, go, oh, you guys are fucked up for everybody, you know? Like, mm-hmm. why do you need to own 15 houses? There's people that can't even get into one, um, you know, and consider those assets, you know? That's not the way to look at life, you know? And then, but I think we, we do miss a trick with some of our, our old faithful uh, leaders, you know, that have kind of paved the way because they've done a lot for us too to get us this far. You know, yeah, I you think. can't just disregard what someone's done and not have yeah. respect for it. Exactly. It's like it yeah. still taught something or it achieved it, it. Yeah, like it laid the playing field for then you to advance the next stage of thing or the next iteration. Yep. You can't have a fucking like Xbox, whatever it is now, PS4 without an Atari. No way. So you can't just be like. That thing is shit, and that's it. End of. Fuck the Atari. Get rid of it from history. Yeah, exactly. Exactly goes back to the mistakes thing, right? You need all of it. The learning opportunity and the reason why some of the, yeah. the more youthful generations who are now tasked with shaping this world and how we go about life um, only know that something's wrong because someone had a go at it and made a mistake. Yeah, for sure. So again, like if you're risk adverse or you know avoidance behavior those sorts of things you're never going to make those mistakes and we can't afford people to not step forward step up and and try you know i think like effort like again sweeping you know doing your job like being the best you can be at any one thing with like whether you like jacinda or not she's i mean you can't fault her effort man you know, like doing something. she's there. Like some of us are doing nothing. You know, like yeah. and we're selling some beer. Yeah, we're selling beer on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we're not fucking solving and... a global pandemic, are we? <laughs> That's right. Enjoying a lovely sawmill pilsner. Oh man, shout out sawmill. Shout out. Shout out shout sawmill. Out, shout out new sawmill and shout out old sawmill. Yeah, we shout out both. Okay, cool. Definitely keep up not the like good I work. Either of them too differently, but whatever. I'll take that one day. Nice. Look at that staff treating the boss. Oh weird. I'm doing a good job. Yeah, is that, do you consider yourself the boss? Is that is that the title that you carry in here? I don't know. I guess I am technically, but it seems silly to try and give yourself a title to then think how I should act from that. Mm. 
I'll either just be like, this space is mine. <laughs> in the sense that like... And don't I you forget it. Have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Young squire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, in the sense that like on a legal document it says that I own this lease or whatever, you know, that it's my fucking problem to deal with if we owe a bunch of people loads of money. Yeah. But I'd rather just operate in a way that's like, so because of that fact, I'm going to behave this way or I'm going to like act this way and like lead by example, I think is the best way you can be a leader. Yeah. You know? Um, maybe you can only be in that position from learning lots of shit and being the sweet boy yeah you you eventually reach that position Mm. yeah the point I always just think about when relating what you were saying on that earlier just a second ago even is like you always learn something from anything in your life but especially in jobs like even if it's the job you hate the most ever like you might not realise that in like five years that you're like oh no I actually know how to do that thing because I did it then and you don't even realise at the time it's going to help you Totally. benefit you totally. you know and there's probably heaps of examples of that in the career I've had and now it's like I own this space and do this shit and it operates and works in a way that's well or successful or good yep and people want to work here and do certain things because of shit that I've learned that it's like mm-hmm. a learned behaviour and I don't really think about the fact that someone had to almost call me out on it at some point mm. to change your way of doing this which I think is why it's if you're in a position to be more of a mentor, you need to sometimes go, okay, how do I actually get to where I am? You know? Absolutely. What lessons have I actually learned in the last, whatever, 10, 12 years of employment? Yeah. And what ones can I then notice in the people who don't know these <coughs> lessons yet and what ones do I need to teach them? And that's like quite a full-on task to think like fuck how am I managing and teaching people you know yeah it's a pretty crazy thing when you think about it like that when you're a boss or an owner of a space yeah yeah I don't think that's maybe where I think saying oh what would you kind of call yourself or whatever I don't like to put that on because I think it reminds me that it's like oh you maybe actually have more things or pressures than you want to think about remind yourself like yeah i should actually i'm actually someone that needs to be kind of showing and teaching some young people that work for me like uh you know ways of doing things Mm -hmm. otherwise they're going to get bad habits etc yeah i guess it just depends on all the other shit going on yeah let alone your personal stuff or your other side hustles or hobbies and shit right that can be a bit like fuck i need to remember to do that as well with my crew and things like that you know yeah i always just say crumb is a big family you know whether you're a customer or a staff member it's like you're in this space you're in the house you know like come and have a fucking laugh and but you're the boss well yeah but only like the technicality (laughs) someone has to be man someone has to be yeah Yeah, and that comes down to like just being accountable if you're too like it's a weird version of avoidance behavior to to try and be too like oh no like no one's really there's no hierarchy here you know it's actually more helpful for everyone to have someone to look to to be like what do we do in this situation Mm -hmm. or i need to ask someone a question about this and if someone's there just be like yeah i'm the person excuse me you speak to it is actually helpful to have structures some young people might want to tear every structure down it's like not all of them are shit no that's exactly right yeah without getting too like kind of left field of metaphorical about the question you asked but um, yeah yeah I spoke a bit about Diva on the last podcast a little bit of 
like I'm gonna try and be as much of a you know good boss or person to you and demonstrate how to be like awesome that hopefully I think that should reward more respect than you would ever get for being like a hard ass yeah it's a longer road because the hard ass is the quick easy option to just be like no every time you know Mm. but it's like if you're like growing and cherishing someone and building that relationship in a positive way endlessly probably takes longer to get them where you want to be as a boss absolutely yeah um, I feel like at the end of it they're going to have way more respect and kind of love for you which is what you kind of want as a boss leader figure right Mm -hmm. you want your your people or your followers or your staff to actually be like fuck yeah that person's great absolutely just be like oh my boss is alright or yeah this is my job yeah and I think that will translate down to that yeah, people come into hospital and it's not something they do forever or whatever, you know, they come and go sort of thing. But while they are here, they're going to learn a lot from you and then they're yeah. going to kind of be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that person was great. Totally. But they're like, you know. And it means they're going to treat customers and do good stuff in your business. Yeah. There'll always be an exception to the rule. You know, like it, it's it's about your founding principles for Crumb, you know, what you want it to represent and then what you want the people who work here to represent in parallel with that you know like can you live can you live out the values that I've kind of set for crumb either directly or indirectly like you don't have to have like a manifesto or a you know like a you know a corporate sort of slogan as you walk into crumb you know by the people for the people or something empowering like that um but ultimately like through working and demonstrating your values that should you know others should feed on that um But understanding indi- indi- individuals' outcomes or motivations for what they do, you know, like, that's completely nuanced, you know, that's, that's the eye of the beholder. It's like, why do you work at Crumb? Oh, to pay the bills. Okay, great. Why do you work at Crumb? Because oh, I want to be in hospitality. I think this is a really good stepping stone. And I want to learn from these guys because I love what they're about. Okay, that's different. I can, yeah. I can do something with that. I can do something with the person also who maybe uh, sees it as more of a means to an end as well. You've just got to find other opportunities for people to learn like for me like doing what I do and being in management I guess for the best part of almost 10 years now and managing people that is the sole uh, motivator and reinforcer for me you know I the th- the idea of a manager or a boss uh, it's, ne- it's never really kind of sat that great with me either because I as a kid and as a teenager I was pretty fiery and had a lot of questions about the world and life and why people did what they did and and I had an authority issue, you know, like I like like people wanting to show me how to do stuff all the time when I was kind of like obviously backing myself to just learn and figure it out. Um, but now like, you know, and I've gone through sort of that kind of corporate bureaucracy where I've wanted to stand out from the crowd amongst like seven other account managers or whatever and the brown nosing's definitely on and you know, you're kind of like trying, you're turning up early and you're leaving late and all of that sort of stuff. But I was there, all, all those kind of behaviors I'd learned from trying to fight for my position in sports, you know, like that sports culture where you're in a group with one goal, you know what the goal is. It is pretty much written on the wall and it's just win football matches or, you know, um, particularly when you're trying to be, you know, you're trying to play sport in a competitive environment. But then when I kind of broke away from that kind of like independent self-fulfilling, I want to be the best, I, I really did start to take a lot of joy from 
other staff achieve, achieving certain things, you know, winning a, a big account, you know, or a personal breakthrough, you know, in their life. Um, it could be anything. Just developing people is something that I'm super passionate about. Um, or providing opportunities for people to develop, I think is probably the better way to describe it. And so I'm always looking for those opportunities. Um, and that's kind of what gets me going, really. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the boss thing? Mm, not so much. Captain of the team, maybe? You know, like, maybe I have to answer the questions that the media is going to fire at us, and I'm going to kind of keep you away from that so that you can focus on the learnings. Um, but, yeah, taking accountability for a team rather than... And, and then giving people an opportunity to contribute. You know, I'm sure you feel the same way about your business, you know? You know, giving people responsibility. Hey, man, do you mind locking up? Oh, he must trust me. That's great. You know, like, this is good. I'm doing something good here, you know? Um, those little things, like if you're kind of like a helicopter manager and you're flying over everybody all the time and you won't let anybody lock up, you won't let anybody open, you won't take a day off, you know, you won't let anybody at the point of sale, you won't, you know, like, that's, those people aren't moving forward. They're not learning. Yeah, because there's lots of opportunities in a business like yours to provide young people an opportunity to learn. Something, even if it's just something about themselves, you know? Yeah. For sure, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just whether they want to learn it. Hard out, hard out, yeah. So, you know, like, it's, it's really good. It's really good. I love working with the people that we work with at, at Flight Now as well. And, you know, like, having Siri kind of in the team as well, you know, just, she's fantastic. Um, in fact, she teaches me a lot, you know. Um, but also, like, there's a, there's a great opportunity to, for, for, for me too to kind of, um, yeah, hopefully provide some, like, really good kind of, like, growth opportunities for her. Yeah, that's for that's sure. the goal, you know. That's what it's all about. Is and it, I, I had a good mentor, you know. Like, I had a really good work yeah. mentor when I was at Charlie's and he put me in the spotlight, you know, over any opportunity for him to be in the spotlight, you know. Mm. Um, and so that I could feel that, you know, like, do the work. Get rewarded. Reap, reap, reap the benefits. Feel yeah. good, you know. Yeah. Which then means that you learn that and you then are now doing that for others. Yeah. 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 I, well, I, yeah. That's which, kind I, of which is weird because it was well, not weird, but that's not learning through like hardship. Mm. That's a complete opposite. Mm. That's positive learning, right? If we could Absolutely. Just call in that term. Yeah. See this awesome thing you worked hard on and here's the payoff and then you're going to get a line yeah. rather than the other thing. Positive reinforcement, man. Mm. You know? Like punishment in this in, uh, is a, actually a very effective reinforcer, you know. But it's not the way forward, is it? You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and it's so to try and just like run a business or <clears throat> something, I think anyway, mm. to just it be always like a yeah to have more of a negative tone on all your things rather than to be just like yeah sick, you know. Let's do totally. it positively. Absolutely, I think from witnessing other people lead in other jobs I've had, sometimes the negative one has that immediate impact. It's like, you did that wrong, don't do that again. Mm. It's a very simple process. Mm. The person goes, okay, cool. And depending on how much you are like, don't do that again, mm. they understand, okay, how much of a fuck up that was or not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But the positive one, I, that's why I mean it takes longer because you might have to do it more times. Yeah. And then for it to rub on knock on effect like it has with you that your boss was like, I'm give you the limelight, give you the limelight, give you the limelight. Now you're like, that's what people need to do. Yep. Absolutely. Empower people. 
people talk about it it's a bit of a cliche but you, you've got to empower people give people an opportunity you know you can't <clears throat> just say here's the keys to the car this is how the job is done this is how the job will always be done so don't like stay in your lane you know and just do the job like you're always going to have you're going to always have like I guess a an anxiety around keeping people in jobs I think if those are the jobs you know because people are expressive and they bring different things to the table everybody has you know interesting set of skills some the same some are transferable to certain jobs um, and they bring with them just different ideas and man again to talk about a currency like that's one of the most important currencies you can have in a in a team you know um, we we try very hard and we, we put a lot of effort in at flight to be collaborative you know in so many different ways but collaborative in the in, in the in, in the way that uh, to me anyway what it means is you know again to provide <coughs> to provide a number of people opportunities to contribute that's yeah. what collaboration is for me um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. pretty simple like kind of simple in theory but harder to do you know and we're all learning like i'm, I'm still kind of like learning as i go which is great, like, so that again, I've got an opportunity. So, you know, like, happy to be where I am in my kind of stage keeps and phase. Sweet. Keeps yeah. the boss happy. Keeps the boss happy. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Nick and shout Trev. I've actually got two bosses. It's like my two dads, you know, but... Oh, true, yeah. 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 Two dads, nice. Yeah. They don't really kind of consider themselves, like, again, they, the, the boss nah. term. They just... Sort of take responsibility they, about something. Yeah, they take, they take responsibility and accountability for everybody look after us yeah shout out fly shout out fc yeah FC. <laughs> the fc that's um, us there's two things i want to ask you the first one is going to be that you obviously had a um i'm married if one well, of the questions is <laughs> that goes off the record that conversation <laughs> you're only human mate <laughs> you know um you had a dazzling football career at some point mm. i've never really heard you talk i about wouldn't that. I wouldn't know how you would. I wouldn't describe it, it as dazzling because that's going to set me up for a real like ho <laughs> hum. off the cliff. Yeah, like a bit of a want want moment. Um, but no, I was definitely an aspiring pro footballer, I guess. Um, spent most of my time playing like semi semi professional. So yeah. you know, being getting paid to play and you know, um, here in New Zealand. Um, so I sort of kind of did the did the rounds in New Zealand for a long time sort of playing National League, um, competed at the FIFA Club World Cup a couple of times. Sick. Really awesome experience. Yeah, just kind of like a very, very crazy, surreal experience when you see, you know, your face and number and shirt come up on like a big jumbotron in like a stadium in Tokyo, you know. It's pretty, yeah, in those moments, what it's all about, you know. That feeling that I got from that particular tournament like was really the one that kind of made me feel like I wanted to do this, mm. you know, for real. So I had a few trials and around the place and spent How old were you did the FIFA World Cup one? When you had that moment? How old? Yeah. Uh, I would have probably been I'd say late twenties, I'm saying like twenty seven, twenty eight okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, it's a long time ago now. Yeah. But I I mean I played until I was about thirty one, thirty two and I just became a grumpy sod, you know, just <laughs> Watching you young, where you young to be. whippets just, you know, I just couldn't keep up. 
Yeah. And, and I was recovering from a broken leg as well, which didn't help. So I, I wanted to come back. I wanted to do that for myself. You know, that was the, that was the goal was to like complete a full season after I'd snapped my leg. And, and I did, and we did quite well. So that was it after that. You were just thought I've achieved that little goal. Yeah. Take that box. Yeah. Done. Yeah. But like growing up in Hawke's Bay, like you do get drawn to, well, I did anyway, um, the sort of the history of the Navy City Rovers football club. It's a very, yeah, sort of proud, you know, New Zealand football club, very successful New Zealand football club. And so I was brought into that world early doors, um, played for City Rovers for a long time, moved to Auckland to play for the Football Kings, which was sort of the original new zealand team that competed in australian competitions oh, yeah. so they are football what, kings yeah they they are what i guess is the wellington phoenix now so the journey of the new zealand kind of football team was the kings the knights which played out of you know albany and then wellington phoenix um the kings weren't around for that long um although i was very young at the time i was 19 i kind of i don't couldn't tell you how long they'd even been sort of going before i could make sense of the world I mean I was just a teenager I mean yeah I played football but if I wasn't playing football I was at the beach surfing probably wagging school you know like I wasn't really like Great I wasn't a football fan you know I wasn't okay, like yeah. I wasn't like kind of like sitting down and watching or tri- you know, getting in the in the van with the lads to trip up to Auckland to watch the football kings I, I didn't really care for it I just played I just loved playing mm. um, passion for like playing in sport and just running about competing yeah. yeah it wasn't like football yeah 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 I mean I'm a massive football fan now you know, and that sort of just that whole thing developed, developed throughout my playing days. Um, but yeah, moved up to play for the Kings. They went broke, like within kind of like three or four months of me being here. That salary you was on, mate. I wasn't actually getting paid, man. Like I was, I was, I was kind of like getting tapped, tapped on the shoulder to possibly be part of an academy. Oh yeah. They'd sort of seen me play at the Napier tournament, the under 19 tournaments and sort of scouted me in that way. And a guy by the name of Tony Jasper, sort of orchestrated the move up to Auckland to kind of potentially play for North Shore but maybe get a little bit of attention from the Football Kings yeah. and run around with a few sort of Auckland hotshots at the time. Um, and yeah, it was just disappointing that they went broke because I, I did feel like that if I could sort of hang around that academy, learn from some pros and kind of understand what professionalism looks like, that would have been really great for me. So another little... Yeah knock into the mentorship thing again yeah the reason I asked about the age and stuff was I find it so I don't know what the term is interesting intriguing insane (laughs) with sports stars these days like you forget how old someone actually is like I'm 28 and I think about what I was like even when I was like 24 25 Mm. let alone when I was like 18 19 and you've got players who are like in the Premier League football and they're like 19 and they are like, it's not about like they get paid this much money and that must be like the, the hard thing for them to be like, whoa, this is a hard to grasp. So it's like you're saying you get to see your name and your face on this Jumbotron and in like Japan and it's like cool feeling like, but you're a slightly more level headed 27, 28 year old mm. man, you know, by that yeah. point got all that life experience and learning and difficult conversations and you know etc to be there and you sure. still had a very like this is pretty cool or yeah like very yeah a life remembering moment like must be it's just i'm just like how do you do that you're a 19 year old kid might have grown up some tiny little town in yeah. the uk yeah you get a lot of stars like 
you, you you know you might have grown up kind of poor you're in some like little community in london you yeah know, this young black kid and then suddenly yeah. you're like i'm raheem sterling yeah that's it <laughs> how how are you meant to manage that you know i guess those teams maybe they have people who are like they've got people yeah they like, do you have like a life coach with you or what, I don't know how it works, but I just think about how insane that is. And then someone gets to like 25 and you think in your head like, oh, that football player's 25, like pretty old or experienced. Or if you're like, hold on a minute, he's 25. Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, and you think of that person as like, a, yeah, because most football players do play at the highest, highest level. Like unless you're a Ronaldo or a Messi, like 32 is that kind of last season of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 32, 33-ish, right? I think, yeah. Which is so young. Absolutely. So young to be seen as this almost father figure for a lot of players who are then the 17, 18-year-olds doing their first season in the Unless you're a goalkeeper. I mean, goalkeepers play into their 40s. And it is a little bit positional. And and, and, and interestingly enough, I think I I would normally agree with that, but I think just given sports science today, there are people who are definitely extending their careers. You know, I mean, yeah. football, you could probably find, you would you could you know attribute like an average age where it's kind of starting to fall apart. Yeah. But then you know you look at someone like LeBron James, who's in his like seventeenth season. I think he's like thirty seven, no thirty six mm. years old, and there's just no sign of stopping. But he spends a million dollars on his body a he year. Just say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess maybe that's the same for these. You're like 18, 19, but you're in a Premier League team. So yeah. you're, you're getting paid minimum like 100 grand a week or something crazy, you know? Yeah. That's pounds as well, right? Absolutely. There must be a whole... It's a business, so there's a whole thing around that to make sure yeah. you do become as good as you do. Yeah. It's not about them watching you maybe be able to see and they just let it play yeah. out and then watch you fall off the cliff and go, next, whatever. Yeah. There's probably some of that, but... Absolutely, but the players that you see today and the ones that you remember are the ones that who, who have followed the the rules, if you like, or the, the advice, the recommendations. The, they've taken on board the things that they needed to so that they could be remembered by the general public. There's thousands of names that you you'll never hear you'll never know because they could they may not have had those opportunities to be introduced to professionalism in the right way there is a very you know there's kind of like to be a professional at that level it, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of personal development as well you know you can have somebody on one hand just absolutely oozing talent but on the other hand just no way of applying that to yeah for sure any kind of world I mean, you know, like it's become a little bit of a cult kind of classic, even just um, in 2020. But this Michael Jordan documentary that, you know, has yeah. been doing the rounds. So I guess it's Jordan and the Bulls. And I was fascinated with the Bulls when I was young and still am. But, you know, you look at someone like uh, Dennis Rodman. I mean, he was the opposite of a professional in the way that he behaved. Yeah. You know, they had to go out. and like pull him out of a hotel room in yeah. Vegas, you know, just to get him back for the game. So those days were those days and these days things have changed you know being a professional is it's demanding but yeah you're right like for a 19 year old kid how do you compute that and you need so much support and then to have that level of maturity is insane yeah. to be there 25 and be so mature but even the way you just like look at them as a viewer to person totally because you've seen them on a big screen for like six years so oh, they're 25 now they're 
they're well more mature and older stuff. And you're like, hold on a minute, actually, let me think of that. If that was my mate and I was 25, then you'd be like, what? This is insane, you know? Yeah. But that's how people view you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also interesting, like, there was this kid called Darren who was, like, in the Chelsea Academy when we were, like, started high school. And I was just like, oh, he's obviously going to just, like, play for Chelsea then. And it's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. And then he didn't have much mentorship, had a lot of trauma in his life, so it just didn't help and just completely fell off the rails, you know? And it's just crazy to see that happen, but also the, like, if you're, like, climbing, like, a massive hill or a mountain, right, there's lots of peaks before you reach the final peak. Yeah. Of the actual top, you've reached the thing. And yeah. Because you, you can only see the horizon, but it actually keeps changing every right. time, right? It's a bit like that with sport levels as well as probably lots of other things throughout yeah. industries. Yeah, it's like, like getting the base camp, right? Like that's kind of like the analogy. But you don't like, know until you reach the next stage. That's yeah. Like, oh, I'm actually only here in the game. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was about to complete it. And it's like, mate, you haven't even, you've just finished a tutorial, mate. You yeah. didn't even realize. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it's fascinating to me. Um, but I, this again, so trend. I'm, I'm very grateful for the experiences that I've had in sport and the commitment that I made to sport in my life because, yeah, I mean, truly, like, I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, it's got me jobs, you know, like I've, I've, I've sat in interviews and, and people have been very interested in the fact that I was captain of a side and what that means, you know, like what types of skills are you bringing into this business? Cause you know, um, interpersonal skills and playing nice with others it's kind of like a basic prerequisite right like you know like if you're bringing someone into the cafe there's a few non-negotiables you know like you can't abuse staff you can't abuse the customer you know like you know i guess you know like in, in, no, in a yeah, sincere yeah. way if you told somebody yeah, for to sure fuck off, actual, yeah or you, you know that those are non-negotiables yeah. Um, unless I guess it's the Auckland Council, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Again. <laughs> Shout out Auckland Is that is that just like a, is that echoing on every podcast at the moment? Like this. It's been is, a few in a row. Yeah. It should be ongoing rhetoric because they suck. Yeah. No, you're having and a I've problem. I've made it clear before that's not to hate on the people that work there because I'm sure there's loads of loads of awesome people. It's just the whole system doesn't work. Yeah. Let's change it. Good. Yeah. yeah. But let's actually change it like we were saying earlier. Um, was I going to say something? I had a thought that was cool. Uh, and then the rage descended. Mm. Didn't mention Auckland Council, bro. Fuck's sake. Shouldn't have done that. Right? <laughs> was that what were you saying before just then about something, uh, our prerequisite? Because I say it's cool, and I think that's what someone should be doing if they're hiring if they look at your CV or whatever and it says I used to captain this football team to even inquire but if they actually almost sounds like they had a preconception to be like I'm going to ask about being a captain because I think that's already a good quality sure yeah that's wicked because people should be doing that like looking at someone <laughs> yeah I mean it doesn't have to be like, you know isn't if your about... CV was just made up of like no, what, what team about, you like, oh, like, you've depends this... on the job you're hiring for right? I was a captain of my football team what's that got to do with it <laughs> you know like it, it really comes down to like, does, but like if, if you're, you're, if you're in interviewing kitchen, for a leadership position you want yes, to demonstrate where you've true. obviously taken on some leadership you know lessons I guess it'd just be good for people to know how like things parallel I mm. think I was going to say if, like, if you're going to work in a kitchen and you've captained a football team there's probably quite a lot of parallels there you know yep. the kind of like 
the, the method and the madness and the chaos, there was structure there. Yeah, it's totally. It's just always going to be chaotic because of what it is. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But unless you were just captain of the football team because your dad was the coach. Well, that would not be the case. You know, that could be questionable, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah. And the other point I thought was interesting was saying about people with oozing talent, but in the sports sense, it's the mentorship and the other things that go with it that can maybe... You can be a success and be have 20% less of what this person naturally has. Yeah. I always think about that with art that... You could be someone who can paint like a hyper-realistic painting. You can make it look almost better somehow than a photograph of someone. But it's not, maybe cool is not the word, but it's like, you've got all that talent, but like, there's no style. Yeah, right. And I always think style over talent is the winner. Yeah. There's literally the stuff in here looks like a child painted it, but people are bought them. You could be a way better artist in terms of technical ability, but you aren't even putting work out there because you haven't got the style or the street smart or the know-how to just, you know, hmm. sell it to someone. Yeah. There's heaps of that shit around where it's like, this is a better premium product, but it's like people buy McDonald's because it's sold in a way that people buy it. Yeah. They're not buying the fucking health food and the smoothie because it's just not the, it's just like, oh, I just don't want it. I don't know why. You yeah, know, It translates to a lot of things. Yeah. It's definitely not like, and I feel that says a lot about people. It's not. It's not always the best person that gets the job. Yeah. Or the best thing that becomes the coolest shit. Nah, nah, totally. There's way better and better in so many capacities brands out there. Let's say than Nike or Adidas, but those are the ones that are the Nike and the Adidas. It could have been a different name, but it is their name, which is the one that everyone in the world knows. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but that was that was intentional. You know, it was those guys have have gone about establishing a brand. You know, it's it, it's a it's it's not it, that's an intentional thing to have. Is is do I want to open a like start a company? Will it be a brand? You know, in any shape way shape or form. You know, I think about like my wife Jenna, who's a psychologist. You know, she's got a couple of different businesses, and you know they obviously have a logo and that means something to someone, to them. Um, but then how does that logo brand company behave over time and then what does it establish? You know, like Nike, just do it. Like high, perform- high performance athletes, it's kind of it stands for a lot of things over time. The swoosh means something in the yeah. same way that the golden arches means something. Crappy, kind of convenient food. Though, like we almost add meaning to things that aren't there. Yeah. I mean, everything only has meaning because we put it on there. Yeah. Same as value and everything, right? Sure, yeah. But, yeah. but um, you don't have to go that way either. You know, yeah. you can kind of be a little bit more subdued and subside. You can, like, push the brand into the background and maybe it's about something else. It could be more about people, mm. you know? Whereas a, a sports products company like Nike, that's what they wanted to, to achieve, you know? That's, they, they wanted their swoosh, their brand to represent their product and therefore the connection with the person. In my mind anyway, that's how I kind of feel about that. What do you want to say, mate? Soccer players say Nike. Oh yeah? Yeah, we do. And Nike is kind of like the, the cool like street way to like talk about all the SB kind of brand. I haven't heard anyone say Nike since I played soccer. Yeah. Which is what triggered me to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I actually fit around, believe it or not, I kind of drift in and out. Like mm. if I'm like referring to a pair of like shoes, I, tip, I might say Nike, but then like, I'm saying to someone if, if it's either or, but 
they came to the decision that it was both. Bon Iver, Bon Iver. No, it's Bon Iver. No, if, you're sort of, if you're saying Bon Iver, you're a fucking wanker. Did this he guy would be yeah, Bon Iver. I feel like he was no, just. He I think he was just tolerating the wankers out there. I guess who gets to decide? Probably him because it's his thing. <laughs> bon Jovi. Justin, come on the show when you play New Zealand next year. <laughs> Shout out to Justin. Justin Vernon, fucking great musician. Sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry, sir. Sorry, boss. Sorry, boss. Yeah, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Sounds low. I feel like part of this conversation ongoing, and we actually touched on this a while ago. Not a while ago, last week, when we uh, saw Wax Chows. Shout out to Wax Chows. Oh, Sick band. Go listen to Wax Chows if you like hectic music. The Wax Chows experience. What's it called? Wax Chattels. Wax Chattels. My Channels. favorite. My Channels. See, like the legal term chattels. Yeah, right. Chattels. Amazing man. Signed to tracks in America and flying none in New Zealand, Australia. While we were having some beverages at Freebird, another great place on K Road. Shout out Freebird. Shout out Freebird. About this whole idea around mentorship and having mentors in your life. And I think the two things that it's just interesting to have a conversation around art as blokes and men and dudes I feel like we don't at least look for or have that mentorship connection as much as women do maybe that's just a, not the right thing to say but I think that can be quite evidently true and also we were saying more about like we both had really good mentors that we could think about instantly when we both lived in the UK mm. but haven't had any since being here or have had less you said none I in, think I can think of one New yeah. Zealand and whether that is a thing here that's an issue and then I think we even went on to talk about things like well you know like mental health in New Zealand's pretty fucked per capita it's one of the worst I think mm-hmm. per western country and mental health in men obviously we know is one of the worst yep. it can be mm. whether you think there's any truth to that or what thoughts on all of that I don't know. It's kind of being like interesting some weird interview question. Well, you're I think it's an yeah. interesting I think topic. You're, right, you're asking about like, is there a sense of like New Zealand guys? Is there some personality or cultural trait that relates to yeah, all maybe. those different sections? You know? And you've kind of been through very different. I think yes, like to that. I mean, we've always we've always kind of had a, a very sort of basic understanding of our Kiwiisms, our you know, she'll be rights and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that's probably yeah mental the, the 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 outcomes that we are experiencing in mental health, particularly in, in, in young men men in, in New Zealand, um, is symptomatic of kind of I guess those pressures that we've had um, within society to 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 harden up to 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 you know yeah she'll be right mate you know like. Yeah. Tomorrow's another day. And even like the idea of that kind of like advice, tomorrow's another day, it's actually quite a positive, carries like a little bit of a positive kind of like connotation to say, hey man, pick yourself up, you'll be right, I'm here to help you sort of thing. But then you're just kind of like dismissing the idea of actually addressing why you feel that way in the first place. Because it's yeah. just, it's like a cop out, eh? It's just like, oh, tomorrow's another day. Like, so what? Be fine. So don't worry about what just happened? No, nah, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. It's in the past, eh? Can't hurt you. <laughs> Yeah, it's no longer in the present because it happened a second ago. So, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. Like I, I'm probably not as in touch with like the real data and like the numbers, but certainly like on the street, um, at the minute, within my friendship circles, 
we're all of similar age, I'm like 36, so we're, you know, kind of like, we're over the hill now, getting pretty old. <laughs> over the hill. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of joy, I think, in a lot of my male friends' lives at the moment, because there's families being established, there's babies, and it's fantastic, you know, like, so I think it's a bit hard for me to kind of look further than that at the minute, but certainly, like, yeah, sure, over the, over the last few years, people have been on roller coasters, man, you know, dealing with all sorts of things that life throws at you, yeah, but again, like, just back to my original point, just have a conversation, you're always better for the conversation, getting guys to talk, yeah, it's quite difficult and that's not a that's that's also don't get me wrong that's not to suggest that women like to talk because <laughs> we know they do but you know i think we can all we can all share in the concept of of talking more with each other for sure you know yeah but it, i think that uh the, not the point of like ah, oh, it's how like women talk or not whatever guys find it easier to talk to girls i would anyway about things that maybe it's good to talk to your guy mates about as well. Yep. Women I know tend to be better listeners than guys. Guys are usually not very good listeners. Yep. I'd agree with that. Or I feel like our story Massive generalisation, of course, but I agree with that. Like, yeah. I think that is a generalisation, but I think, I feel generally like speaking... A, trait, a male trait can be to... Someone tells you something, you're like, how do I fix that? How's the solution? So it's, it's not necessarily about being a bad listener purely. It's like, okay, I'm going to listen to what you say and I'm going to answer it. Yeah. As if I it's like a, the problem. Yeah, it's like, think of it in like a mathematical sense of like, there's just this answer I can find, which comes back to you as like, you just, you're like, yeah, just shut up and listen more almost, or whatever that yeah. it comes back as. It's like a, like... Predominantly, like, yeah, like men are good at figuring that shit out, you know? Yeah. Like, my mum used to always give this kind of funny, but I think it's a good analogy of that men's brains are almost like waffles that are squares. So you can move in like square forward and sideways. <laughs> you can't really, we can push a diagonal at best, all right? You know, but it's very like, which is why they're better at certain things that are that kind of figure this out. Right. Whatever. Right. I don't think all the things that is like a more. Um, male job or whatever mm. is purely a societal sexist thing it does also come down to like there are more men that have maybe got better traits to do that or I've just learned it and do it just laughing that you did the bunny ears on a on, on a, a podcast day. Podcast. I was just thinking that like <laughs> the quote unquote I was I like I'm not like, sure I like a male should. job editor <clears throat> note Miles did the bunny ears. On male job. On male job. Because that's actually, there's probably even research to show that's how brains work. And yeah. then my mum would say that then female's brain's more like spaghetti. Yeah. You think it a thousand things at once, but then sometimes it makes it harder to be as, you know, rigid with things, yeah. which sometimes you need to be. Yeah, your mum sounds wise. Mm. She yeah. mum on the podcast. Yeah. Give a Skype podcast with mum. Yeah. I don't know, the listening, thing, the listening thing for me is always about empathy. I mean, I think life's about empathy in a lot of ways. Um, and it's the one, again, a currency that we need a lot of at the moment. And I think having men with their men friends, with their guy mates, the bros, like it's difficult to find opportunities to engage in kind of tough conversations where you're going to 
also re- have like reciprocate empathy whereas like you know I find it easier to talk with women about certain things because they have the ability to show empathy yeah and in a more um, comprehensive way um, I find yeah. and that's what listening is because if I can empathize with your situation then I'm clearly listening I understand what you're saying like, I always find it funny to think of it like that guys can real easily we don't even have to know each other that well yeah can bro down about like let me tell you about this bird I shagged last night and in graphic detail oh yeah you know like just horror conversations and be like the lads you know you meet someone for the first time and you almost know how to behave in that way of like you read their lad level and you're like, I'm going to match that because that's what I think that you might want from me. Yep. But we wouldn't then have a conversation about, you could say like a graphic mental health experience. It's just weird. Yeah. Because that was still a very like in personal intense thing to describe because it's just the words and the language you use, you can make it that crude kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas it's a bit weirder to be like... <laughs> had a fucking massive cry last night. I'm such a dickhead, eh? Like, people would just be like, what? Oh, yeah. I know. And then, what do you actually want out of it? You actually want empathy and yeah. help and recovery out of the conversation. Whereas, telling your mate about the person you slept with the other night, you don't want anything but a laugh or a woo out of it. Yeah. So, I guess that's why. Is it still a thing, though? Like, you guys tell me, like, you know. You- like, do, are we, are there people who can't? get on the phone and say that with their buddies and say, hey man, I like broke down like the other night and I just kind of like something washed over me or overwhelmed me and does it happen? Like, is it, are we, are we there yet or what? I don't think so. No? Yeah, I think that's a bubble issue. Right. Yeah. You just got some good mates by the sound of it. If you think that that is fairly normal, I'm not trying to say it's weird. I just mean like if that surprising to you that someone wouldn't do that. I think maybe what it is is I mean, I, I, t- I ask you guys this question because you're really active in your communities, you know, and, and in society, you, you have a lot of friends, you know, um, intentionally, because that's the life that you guys lead. You're in circles and different cordons and, you know, you could be hanging out with 10 people on a Saturday and then a, 10 people who are completely different on a Sunday afternoon. I'm, I guess, at the stage of my life where things have kind of become a little bit more consolidated, you know, like I've got some good friends and I, I mean, I can tell you now, like the last four weekends that I've had have been with the same people, you know, my best friends. And I guess that person, it was quite funny that you mentioned the crying thing because he, like, he just, I went to the basketball with him yesterday and I turned up at his house, he was just getting up from a snooze um, and we started talking about reality TV and he mentioned a series that he just kind of like fell into and yeah, it was really emotional and he, and he was saying how it kind of caught him off guard and, and he was happy to tell me that and I didn't sit there and say, oh, you big soap, like, you know, harden up. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, so pretty, pretty candid in that way, but we've also shared a lot of experiences in life too, you know, so we've kind of yeah. seen, we know each other very well in that way. We've been through it all together. So there's kind of no fear. Yeah. I think sometimes way. I forget the people who are like old friends of what how much stuff you've been through with them to be where you are, where it's just this endless comfortable, yeah. you know, thing. And you forget that when yeah. you have like a new friendship. And I think also um, there are more people and I think the conversation is more open around dudes not just being this whole like, I'm a man and I'm stiff and strong or whatever, you know. Mm. And we see that in the kind of community that we have here and the people we hang out with and stuff. But it's because it's like easier to, uh, not easier to talk about it, but like 
just because it's a bit more chill like I don't think that means it's any easier to actually f- open up about it on a real level to mm. someone mm. that's interesting talk about mental health in general with anyone because mm. you could still if you talk about some, if you're talking to someone who's more empathetic you still might not give them the, the full package you know yeah for sure for sure which is yeah. probably always going to be a tough thing but surely that's the actual thing that needs to change in the culture or whatever yeah absolutely yeah I mean definitely I'm not trying to uh, yeah to be clear I mean like obviously like feeling some kind of emotion from a from a, a TV show um, is not the same as you know um, having significant issues um, that you're challenged with in life you know, it's a mentally. starting point though absolutely if I mean that's if that's an honest open conversation yeah yeah totally for it to yeah. get a few stages down the line yeah. but again behavioural like you've got to support someone in that moment like reinforce that behaviour make them feel like that's a good thing mm. or know that it's a good thing not feel like it's a good thing if you if you punish that behaviour you'll never see it again you know your friends won't come clean with you again you know like you can't embarrass like any form of embarrassment or anything it, you've lost your opportunity with that person in that moment and it goes for like anything that you see like if, again the sweeping hey man rock star with the broom eh you know like just in the moment though like just make sure that that person knows that you're doing that they're doing a good job mm. if you delay it too much you'll lose that opportunity you know that's a good point to finish on if you delay it you'll miss the opportunity yeah it's kind of an obvious statement but <clears throat> sounds cool though does sound pretty rad eh yeah. that's another episode of crumbs in the bag thank you so much for listening we hope you can come down soon, grab a cup of coffee, and just chill out. Remember, we don't do soy. Please go somewhere else for your soy. See you next week on the Crumbs Podcast.